All right, so I was talking to Victor, and he gave me a challenge. All right, we need a guest <laughs> because it's Rams versus Lions playoff week, and and he, and he made it tough for me. He was like, we need somebody who, <laughs> who played in the NFL for eight years, also oh. does TV for ESPN co- uh, uh, college football, and then also connected to the Rams. And I'm like, you know what? I got the perfect <laughs> guy for you, Kirk Morrison. That guy, our compa from yeah. House of Horns. How you doing, Kirk Morrison? Fellas, good to suck, man. Great to be with you. How we been, man? It's going well. You're a two-time uh, guest out here in House of Horns, so I really appreciate that from you. I know. Appreciate that, man. I, I guess I did did okay the first time, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Victor was making it pretty clear that to have you back on. And, and, and a quick story. I don't know if you mind this uh, from the press box, Kirk, but sure. uh, I, we last saw each other at the Saints-Rams game Thursday Night Football. Yeah. And the Rams are, you know, blowing them out. And I'm, like, walking back and forth. And you're like, Gil, start writing that story. This game is over. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I got to start checking the story and get to my deadline. So uh, these Rams are just flying. So we want to ask you about the playoff game, Rams versus Lions. But one question before you break down the game, like, I just want to ask you, like, what was it that you think got this quick turnaround? Like, I covered the team closely last year. They were 5-12. and 12, And, and I'll, I'll take the L. I, I predicted, like, a 7-10 and 10 season, uh, another rebuild year. And here we are, 10-7. and seven. Obviously, Pukunoku gets a lot of attention. But to you, what do you first think about this quick? There were three and six not too long ago, Kirk. So what what is it to you that you want to pinpoint? I I think you you hit on it right there, Gilbert. Um, They were three and six. So I would say every year people always ask what? um, What's the turning point of a season? When did you know? When did you know? I don't think we knew. But, man, week 10, the bye week for the Rams. Something changed. Something clicked. But I think you're not wrong in your assessment. Uh, let's be honest. They were three and six. They go into a bye week with Matthew Stafford not having played versus the Green Bay Packers because he was injured. Remember, it was Brett Rippon who started that game against the uh, Green Bay Packers. The Rams didn't score a point. Kyron Williams was on IR. Okay, the defense looked very leaky. There was no way this team was going to turn it around. And yet they figured some things out. And I think a lot of it was Sean McVay looking at himself saying, I need to run this thing differently. And running this mean his offense started to gear up toward more of a running the football type of offense. It kind of looks like what we saw in the college football national championship with Michigan. They made an emphasis on running the football and using this offensive line and adding Kevin Dotson to that starting lineup at right guard, Coleman Shelton at center. Steve Avila at the left guard, they utilized their monsters up front, and this became a running football team. And that, honestly, is what changed the fortune of the Rams. I mean, I just didn't – you just – they drafted 14 guys this season. All 14 of them made the, made the team. We knew this was going to be a young team, but how quickly would that youth become, I would say, veteran-like? And it happened pretty quickly. And the one thing that I did analyze about this Rams team, though, guys, is also the Rams, they kind of drafted adults. Like, they didn't draft, like, young kids or projects or guys who came out early into the draft. The Rams, and this is goes over, I think, just Les Snead's tenure, they don't necessarily go after the young player or the young hotshot underclassmen. They choose to draft guys who've been in college for four or more years, and now you see why. Those guys seem to be ready to play or be a key contributor, 
And that's one of the reasons why I think the Rams sit where they are is because their young players actually were playing like veteran players and really it seems like they're second-year guys when truly they're rookies. That's a good point, Corey. I didn't even think about that, you know, in terms of being, you know, ready to go. And all these rookies have been ready to go. And even you want to talk about the guys from last year's class, like Kyron Williams. He got hurt last year, but there's right. high praise for the guy. And, and going back to that Saints game on Thursday Night Football, I was sitting there in the press box. I'm like, what a turnaround. And, and I was yeah. saying, look, look at, you know, Matthew Stafford throwing dimes to Demarcus Robinson <laughs> and, and like all these weapons that he has now. And, and you know, and, and I, I tweeted it out too. And there's in a tweet, you can't have so many characters. I mean, if you have a half right. paragraph, <laughs> we're not going to retweet it. So right, right, I, right. I, it wasn't on purpose, but I left out the offensive line. So I'm glad you gave him love right now. And the Kevin yeah. Dodson and, and Steve Avila uh, and Alary Jackson, who was undrafted. Alary Jackson, you, yep. You got the veteran in, uh, in, in, uh, Rob Havenstein and then Coleman Shelton going from guard to center. He was so vital last year too. So, yeah. and that, that's where I want to take you to is the, the Matthew Stafford turnaround, which I think he should get some votes for comeback player of the year. Obviously, Damar Hamlin, you know, he, he overcame so much and might get it with, with, get that award. But right. we're talking about a guy who in New Orleans couldn't feel his legs. Like he had a, a, a spinal cord contusion injury and a concussion and we all thought he might never play again. So, you know, obviously what you brought up, you know, goes into play with that. But, you know, for him to go back to Detroit, that fun storyline, you know, what are your <laughs> thoughts about that? And then just to see what Stafford has done, I, I lose track of what year it is, but he's like 35 years old, which, you know, in football yeah. age is pretty old. But to see his turnaround <laughs> after what we all saw a year ago is pretty remarkable. I just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Um, in his 15th year, um, it's crazy to think that he's had such uh, one of his best seasons. He's been in the league 15 years. This is his 15th year, right, fellas? And I'll give J.B. Long, who's the uh, voice of the Rams, said it best. Matthew Stafford had only been elected to the Pro Bowl twice in his previous 14 years. As good as Matthew Stafford has been, and we've seen him throughout those years in Detroit, he only made the Pro Bowl twice. So to see him get selected to the Pro Bowl kind of furthers your point, though, Gerber, just how much – he improved this year or how much he's, I think, shown how healthy he is. I think I'm still old enough to remember that Matthew Stafford during training camp was being criticized because he couldn't relate to his younger teammates, right? Remember that? Yeah. yeah, That was an issue, right? You know, his wife had brought it up in a podcast and everybody was like, oh my God, the Rams, what are they doing? They got older players. Matthew Stafford's out of touch. He doesn't even know who he's throwing to. But that's what kind of gets you going. That's what in, gets you excited about the game. I thought that Matthew Stafford being sort of the Papa Smurf in the building, he honestly got the guys going along a little bit, man. I, he, the, it's exciting to see what he's done with Puka Nakua and, and that relationship and chemistry that they built. It's fun, I think, for him to hand the ball off to a young Kyron Williams I think that's energized him. It's energized the whole entire team and everybody's pulling in the right direction. And it's brought the most, I thought, you know, out of a guy like Matthew Stafford. I, I, I'll even kind of equate this to, for me as a broadcaster, and I think I saw it, but when you think of CBS's number one crew, right, it's Jim Nance, Tony Romo. And I'm not saying that Phil Sims wasn't a good broadcaster, but Sims and Nance also were guys who are much older. But you brought in a younger guy in Tony Romo who was fresh off the football field. And I feel like the younger guy has brought more out of Jim Nance in his conversation, in his play-by-play, 
and you get a great broadcast from those two. So I kind of see the same thing with Matthew Stafford. These young guys have pulled more out of Matthew Stafford because he's had to do not necessarily more on, on his shoulders, but I think that he's had to reteach. And when you reteach, you also rethink. And that's helped him out, I think, tremendously this season. Yeah, and to your point, Kirk, I mean, that's also, I mean, he's he's helped Calvin Johnson break the record for most <laughs> yards. He's had yeah. a triple crown winner in, in Cooper Cup, and now he's got, you know, uh, a rookie sensation breaking rookie records as well with Puka Nakua. So, I mean, to your point, he's been able to elevate a lot of his the players, and unfortunately, he hasn't been you know, rewarded with Pro Bowls because he, he was right. with the Lions. But going to the Lions now, we know that there's mm -hmm. familiarity with, with uh, Jared Goff and Sean McVay. Um, do you think that he Sean McVay is going to spend a little bit more time on the defensive meetings because he knows him? And also, how much do you think we'll see some zero coverage blitzes from Raheem Morris in this game? Just to Because we know that if you don't pressure Jared Goff, he's going to kill you uh, uh, on yeah. the defensive end. Vic, I mean, I think that's a better um, game plan than anybody else can know about, right? I mean, that's what the the install is. I think you could be the defensive coordinator this week for the Rams. You don't have to be Raheem Morris because we all saw what Jared Goff, where he lacked that. He lacked in the ability to make things happen, especially in that zero blitz pressure. That was probably his Achilles heel while he was with the Rams just could never really find a, a rhythm and a momentum, even in the big games. I remember the Patriots sending that zero pressure to him in the Super Bowl and Jared Goff just not having an answer for it. So, yeah, that's going to be the game plan, obviously, for the Rams at some point. But then you got to think about what Jared Goff is going to say. I know that's what you're going to try to do to me. So I have to come up with some answers. I'm going to have some things in my back pocket. I'm going to have some things in my toolbox. I've got an Amon Ross St. Brown who can get open. You know, obviously Sam Laporta is going to be a game-time decision. I don't think he plays, but you also got to throw in Jamison Williams. He's got now an outlet back, not a Todd Gurley, but a Jameer Gibbs. And if you check that ball down, Gibbs can turn a two-yard check down into an 80-yard touchdown reception. That's how good he is. So this is going to be a chess match for sure. We also got to throw in one of the hottest coaching candidates right now in the NFL and Ben Johnson, who's their offensive coordinator. He realizes, too, um, this is my opportunity to show everybody why I'm a hot shot candidate for a head coaching job in the NFL. So he's going to have some answers, I think, for a lot of these zero blitzes as well for Jared Goff. So it's going to be a great, I think, uh, just chess match. Ben Johnson, Jared Goff, obviously Raheem Morris, Jared, I mean, throwing Aaron Donald as well. It's going to be fun watching them go back and forth because I think you we know what Jared has been. But then at the same time, will they have some answers for what we think that the uh, Rams defense will throw out? Talking about the defense, and I know we spent the majority of this conversation talking about the Rams <laughs> offense, but I want to give a lot of credit to Raheem Morris for what he's done. What have you right. seen from – how has he changed things from what we saw early on with the Rams to what he's done with this young team having Aaron Donald and, and uh, Ernest Jones leading this team uh, in terms of the veterans? You know, I think that they brought in guys who understand um, that it's about team. They, they're playing good team defense. Before you can rely on Jalen Ramsey taking away one side of the field or Leonard Floyd being a great uh, combo guy outside of Aaron Donald, right? You could bring in a Bobby Wagner who can man the middle of your defense. 
But what I really felt like is they preached a team defense and it's everybody together. Ernest Jones has taken his game to another level. He's very underrated this year. I actually got some some all pro votes. I think that he's played at an all pro level, all pro level, especially the way that he's been able to sack the quarterback as well. I think this defensive front we didn't know much about, but they work hard. They do their best. They try their hardest, and they're relentless. And their relentlessness that they show on the field is why they make it uncomfortable for quarterbacks. And they're also, you know, the benefit of Aaron Donald, who still gets doubled and triple teamed. We always see it. I think that's what Raheem Morris preached, preaching that we have to do it all as a team. It's not going to be one guy. But we also have some leaders and some guys who've been in this league who have chips on their shoulders. I've always been a big Akella Weatherspoon fan way back when he started with the Niners. I think we all remember John Johnson with his days with the Rams where he played himself to an outstanding contract with the Cleveland Browns, but he found his way back. And you got some young players in that secondary, Rush Shees, Darian Kendrick, we know that. And a guy who's been a steady, steady Eddie. You don't hear his name much, but Jordan Fuller has just been steady. He's been a calming force. So I say all that to say that this defense has really been about getting back to the basics and a guy who's been an undercover MVP for the Rams is bringing back Aubrey Pleasant, who actually worked in Detroit, but he's able to come back with the Rams this year. I don't think that's being talked about enough. Aubrey Pleasant is a great defensive back teacher of the game. And I think that's also what's helped out that Rams, especially in that back end. Uh, my last question here for you, uh, Kirk, it has to do with a guy you brought up in Ernest Jones. You being a linebacker, you're, you can appreciate his play this season. Last season, he was a backup. He, he he was a backup to Bobby Wagner. And we've talked on this show about how, the value that Bobby Wagner had in one year. What have you seen in terms of Ernest Jones? What has made him be the the, the uh, player that he's been this season? I think he learned a lot, obviously, from Bobby Wagner, uh, especially the way that Bobby trains, the way that Bobby sees the game. And I think for Ernest Jones, the game really slowed down for him this year. And what I also saw from Raheem Morris is that they added him to the blitz. They added him to the pressures. They added him to being that extra rusher because they weren't going to just get, you know, get there with four. They had to bring an extra guy. And it just so happens their middle linebacker has shown an inactability to go out there and take care of business and get to the quarterback. And what he's third on the team in sacks. He was up there leading for a second. And then, you know, obviously Kobe Turner and Aaron Donald take over. But I just think that his ability to add on to the rush is really what's really helped out this Rams defensive front. Because we already know he's sideline to sideline. But now you also see him in those opportunities to get in coverage. He's covering running backs out of the backfield. And he's in those throwing lanes when they actually play coverage. So he's shown that his all around ability to play the linebacker position. That's why I think he deserves a lot of all pro votes and play up there to that same, what we see from Fred Warner, also the guys over in, in uh, Baltimore, Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. I'm with you, Kirk on uh, Ernest Jones getting some all pro votes. I think he got snubbed too for the pro bowl, but that's a different beast with the, with the voting and things like yeah. that. But Hey, like to, to see what he did, you know, after he had to wait his turn with Bobby Wagner, he, he was so Correct. vital in that Super Bowl. Uh, right. he, he was a blitz guy there in that one. He, he changed the momentum there to, to have to wait and just kind of take a step back and say, you know what, this guy's an all time great. I might as well learn from the guy and take advantage. So I'll give you one more Rams question, and then I'll get a little random after that if you don't mind, Kirk. Yeah. But uh, with Kobe Turner, I know people are probably saying, well, he's been benefiting from, from uh, Aaron Donald, but 
uh, to get all those sacks at the end and make a push to to, to maybe get defense a, a rookie player of the year. You got Jalen Carter, you got Will Anderson Jr., uh, uh, Devon Witherspoon as well. Uh, what is you think that that he's able to do? Obviously, he could benefit from having AD in the middle. That's definitely right. going a long way. But he's done his part for sure. And Correct. do you think he could maybe you know make a push or for that? I know maybe it's a popularity contest, but in your eyes, you think he's deserving to be at least a contender for a defensive rookie of the year? Well, I, I think what it did it didn't help him that the Rams were three and six. We mentioned the start of the season, but the second half of the season, he has been the most outstanding rookie defensive player. Uh, a lot of it was because I really felt like, and he's one of those older guys that I mentioned. You know, spent five years in college, has learned a lot being there and playing you know, at a high level, and he's gotten to the Rams, and you can just see him get better and better as the season has gone along. I think he realizes how teams want to block him. Uh, he realizes where the weak spots are, and he's been able to just show how relentless. I mean, that's what it is. It's being aggressive, being relentless, and he's been able to do that. Knowing that, hey, Aaron Donald's going to get a bulk of the attention, but can you win your one-on-one? And he's been doing that consistently. Not just, look, we're going to look at the sack numbers, but he's also been a menace when it comes to the run game as well. He's been stout in doing that. And the Rams have really shown how well-rounded their defense is because of a guy like Kobe Turner. I think now people are realizing it. And I'll throw this caveat. This is just me being biased. The Rams only had two you know, national television games. It was an early one against Cincinnati on Monday night. This is not the same Rams team that we saw on that Monday night in Cincinnati. There, this Rams team is the other prime time that the game that we had, and that was against the New Orleans Saints. And I realized the national media finally got a chance to see what we've been seeing over the last what eight nine weeks of the season. That oh, this is the new Rams. This is the Matthew Stafford. This is the Aaron Donald. Oh, that's the Kyron Williams that everybody's been seeing in fantasy. Oh, that's the Pook and the Cool. Oh, this is the Turner kid that's been getting sacks every single week, right? Wait, this is the Demarcus Robinson that's been catching a touchdown every week. So that's why I think that it's it's all come together and answering a question about Kobe Turner. It's the same thing is that everybody finally got a chance to see it on that Thursday night, and it's only been ongoing because the Rams have been playing some meaningful games. When you do it in New York, regardless of the Jets or the Giants, whoever's playing, a lot of eyeballs, especially over there in Park Avenue where the league office is. And I think that's where the credit has started to come for these guys. Uh, Vic, I, th- I think Kirk's talking about me because he saw me uh, leave my couch and go to a Thursday night football <laughs> game, Saints and Rams. Because, yeah, they definitely got, got, my, got my attention because we, we were here, uh, mm-hmm. you know, talking on House of Horns like, what are they doing in Green Bay? They got Brett Rippin out there. Like you mentioned, can't even get a touchdown. And it was just so bad. But, yeah, you're right. Those primetime games do matter for for uh, to get popular and get some votes there too. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and like what you said about uh, Kobe Turn not just being a a guy who gets sacked, like he, like being an, inter- an interior guy, you better rush the passer, uh, stop mm-hmm. the run. That's why you see guys like Chris Jones and, and Derek Brown and Dexter Lawrence. Like the interior guys are really stepping up in this today's football. But uh, Kirk, one more question here, and it's about the coaching carousel. And you know, right. you're a good person to ask because you cover college football pretty well. And you play for the Raiders as well. So I'll give you kind of a two-parter question. We'll let you go here after that. Uh, but, you know, all signs point to Jim Harbaugh after he won that national title yesterday, going to the Chargers, and then AP doing a great job, Antonio Pierce, uh, as interim head coach for, for the Raiders. I think he deserves that job. And, and hopefully Patrick Graham sticks around too because they, they have something special brewing there. Do you see both of those guys, you know, getting those jobs and you think those are the right moves for each franchise? I think for I'll speak for the Raiders first. Antonio Pierce, I thought that he changed the uh, the culture of that franchise, and he did it mid season. 
Um, Josh McDaniels ran the team a, you know, the, the way that he wanted in his eyes. And it just never really felt right. It didn't seem right. The guys just didn't ever play like they were having fun. And I can say that when Antonio Pierce took over, the guys played differently, right? They looked like they were having fun. They started to have a confidence and a swagger about themselves. And um, I think the biggest stat that I'm going to take and why I think Antonio Pierce deserves the job is the Raiders had a league low in penalties this year. Penalties. The Raiders, I want to say that again. The Raiders <laughs> led the NFL with the least amount of penalties. To me, that's coaching. That's guys going out there playing free, not thinking, having fun, and just understanding what their roles are. That's all you want from your head coach. And I thought Antonio Pierce gave those players that. And to see them, they could win eight and nine. You know, there was a couple of games maybe they wish they could have had back earlier in the season, but this was a team that almost had a winning record, winning record, was fighting for a playoff spot. I truly believe that they uh, that Antonio Pierce deserves this job. And on the opposite side, when it comes to the Chargers, I, you know, Jim Harbaugh, a lot of people are going to float his name out there. To me, honestly, I really believe that he loves what he's doing at the University of Michigan. I know that we always want to put him in the National Football League and put him back where he had so much tremendous success. But I really feel like his impact is really what his dad has always been about, too. Jack Harbaugh, a long time, you know, Division II coach, won national championships. I think he likes molding young men. And to see him smiling and putting, you know, those uh, Cartier lenses on, those glasses, I think that he enjoys that process. He enjoys the recruiting. He enjoys what the University of Michigan. I think he did, he he. He loves the young players so much and to watch them grow and to set them up for the National Football League. I don't know if he gets that same joy of going back to the NFL and doing it that way. So I think the Chargers are going to definitely you, – you knock on the door to see if he'll open, but I believe that they may have to go in a different direction because I don't see Jim Harbaugh leaving college football to go to the NFL. I think he's kind of happy and content where he's at with what he's building at Michigan. And after a national championship, I don't think he just ride off and go to the NFL. Yeah. And he has a, he's a contract waiting for him, you know, 10 years over a hundred million dollars. Stay in Michigan. Why not keep doing what you're doing? He's the CEO, man. He's his (laughs) own general manager. He doesn't want to have to answer to a general manager in the NFL. Like he can retire here. He was going to go down. Think about this. Jim Harbaugh returns to Michigan coaches another five or six years. Let's be honest. We all always talk about Bo Schembechler. They're going to have a statue of Jim Harbaugh out there mm. at the big house. Like, let's just think about that. He's going to have a statue in Michigan if he stays there as head coach of the Wolverines. I don't think that they could put a statue outside of SoFi for Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I feel like Chargers fans, if they watch, they're going to be like, hey, Kirk Marshall, stop making sense. We don't want you uh, to uh, make sense <laughs> there because they want Jim Harbaugh so badly. So, and it's also funny seeing Raider fans kind of, you know, fighting over Jim Harbaugh, but I think they got something special in AP, and you said it well. But, Kirk, uh, we got all your time here. We appreciate it. Uh, much yeah. love to everything that, you know, you you show support to us, and we appreciate everything you do. Uh, I love seeing you working hard. You're one of the har- hardest workers I know in this business. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, NFL, you. and then you're taking people's jobs in the media. You know, what are you doing <laughs> no, here? No, 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 uh, no, no. You're doing a great job. Uh, I love the hustle. I love the grind. So uh, we appreciate it, Kirk. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Sunday Night Football. Rams versus Detroit Lions. Absolutely, man. Victor, Thank Gilbert, you. always a pleasure. Appreciate you guys. And look, the Rams finally they get another national TV game. How about that? This yeah. time it's the playoffs, and I look forward to it. We couldn't ask for a better matchup, Rams and Lions.